How many times have you called a client in the last three days, left a voicemail, and then had somebody call back and say, I had a missed call from you, not even having listened to the voicemail? Look, the data shows clients want texting, they want online and digital communication. So if your practice does not offer texting two-way with your clients, you are missing out in a big way. And you're also in luck because our friends at Simple Texting have done the research that one in three clients check their text notifications within a minute of receiving a text. One in three. And that goes up to 85% of all of our clients within the first five minutes after receiving a text. So if you're listening to this and your practice isn't yet texting two-way with your clients, you are missing out in a big way. And I don't want you to miss out anymore. And neither does Andy. So our friends at Simple Texting have put together a deal for you, our Uncharted listeners. That's right. They have got texting plans that you can try for free for 14 days. But if you go to simpletexting.com forward slash Uncharted, they are going to give you up to $100 worth of free credits when you sign up for texting for your clinic. There is no reason, none whatsoever today to not be texting with your clients. So if this is you, head over to simpletexting.com forward slash Uncharted, get your deal, check out all of the amazing options. Hey, everybody, I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted podcast. This week on the podcast, Andy and I are diving back in the mailbag. We got a great letter from a ambitious startup owner who doesn't want to break the bank or employee relationships. They're asking some questions about discounting for their team while also taking care of the friends and family who help support them and get them to the place where their dream is becoming a reality as a new practice owner. This was a really fun episode for Andy and I to talk through. We hope you enjoy it. Let's get into this. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke, and the one and only Stephanie. I've got friends in low places, Goss. <laughs> now sing it for me, please. I've got friends in low places. Ah. <laughs> uh, you are you are no Garth, my friend. No, I know. I'm not. I have never claimed that I could sing. I can't carry a tune in a bucket. It's but I appreciate it's that bad. attempt. It's bad. I appreciate that attempt. Um, how how is it going, Andy Rourke? Oh, it's good. It's really good. Things are uh, things are rolling along here. I I'm hanging out here petting my doodle with a self confidence problem. Um. <laughs> I was doing, I was doing, oh, no, no, I was doing, uh, it's worse, it's worse. I, I was doing a, my other podcast, Conan Shame, with okay. uh, the vet behaviorist, Lisa Rodasta, who is amazing. She's amazing. Okay. And I should have just hit record. I think I'll probably go back. I think I'll probably get her back on. But before, I did that thing where like, oh, hey, while you're here, I, I got, got this dog. You were I that got this client. dog. I was. I was like, hey, will you come do a podcast while you're here? Look, can you look at this? Um, I, uh, I was like, I got this dog and he piddles on the floor. Like, like when I, if I come home and, and go to pet him or greet him, like, uh, like every now and then he will, he will be on the floor and he's like four years old. And she was, she was, uh, she started talking to me about, uh, urination like that. And, and she, you know, asking me about the, the, how does he look? Was he do his ears? Was he do his head? All these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. and she was like, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is a conflict. Uh, sort of response and and you know and so he's you know when he when he's got anxiety around you know meeting people or people meet, reaching out and petting him and things like that and and I was like okay well you know what do we what do we do about it and she was like well you, you have to he has low confidence Andy you have to you have to get his confidence up and so now I reported all of this dutifully and uh, and now. I'll be like, he's a bad dog. And my wife is like, you're going to hurt his confidence. Don't. don't, don't wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me get this straight. So not only do you have a doodle. I have a doodle with, look, with confidence issues. That's what I have. <laughs> for those, you, for that, that, that moment of silence was just Stephanie just shaking. 
I'm I'm dying. This is this is priceless. <laughs> now now we I sit with him. We do affirmations. I'm like, you're a good boy. You're a handsome boy. You're a smart boy. <laughs> Gosh darn it. People like you. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> so yeah. Um so I'm working on Skipper Rook's confidence. Okay. Skipper Skipper is I can't. I can't even say anything with a straight face. Skipper has got confidence issues. The only thing that Skipper is confident about is his ability to go uh pee in the neighbor's yard right where the sign says don't pee on my lawn. Yeah, he's confident that he wants to uh poop in the no pooping yard. Um he definitely he's he's very confident about that, but no, you know, the whole time I thought he was bad. It turns out he's just insecure. <laughs> it's it's a lot like he's also bad. Because let's yeah, be clear, he's yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's like it's like the high school boy where people are like, "Oh, that guy's a jerk." It's like, no, no he's just got self confidence issues. <laughs> and it's like that skipper. He a hundred percent went into my wife's uh, purse and chewed up her migraine medicine. Oh no! And she was like, "Why would he do that?" And I was like, "Leave him alone. He's got confidence problems." All right, that's um, that's a, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. We should respect his privacy. Yeah, we should right. respect his privacy uh, and oh, and move on. Dog. Okay, fair. Um, well, I'm excited. We have got. Uh, We've got a question from the mailbag today, and I was thinking back, and I don't think we've actually tackled anything like this topic before, so I'm kind of excited about this. We got a a letter uh, from a new practice owner, and they are getting ready to open their practice here at any any moment now, which is just big congratulations right off the bat, um, because that's awesome. And they said, well, I have a question about uh, discounting which I love mm-hmm. um, that they're asking questions before they start doing things. <laughs> right, that's super smart. Cause once you start, you're in it. Exactly. So like once said, you start okay. doing it, you start doing anything with your family, it's hard to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that for you anymore. Like that's, yes. that is challenging. All right. So I got, yes. So they were like, I want to set up a stat, you know, I want to set up a discount that uh, takes care of my team. Cause I care about them and I want to take care of them. And, my friends and my family have really supported me through this whole endeavor. They, you know, supported me through school and being in practice. Now I'm opening my own practice and my love language is gifts and Mm -hmm. acts of service. And so for me, the ultimate would be to pay back my friends and family and take care of them and take care of their pets as a thank you. Um, Like, you know, my parents, my in-laws, you know, I, I want to say thank you for supporting me on this journey and take care of their pets. And so they are a kind and generous person. Um, and so they are just like, I want to do that. And they're thinking with a business head. And they are like, if I take a step back, I want to make sure that I'm maintaining fairness and avoiding creating disparities within the clinic because I don't want to give things away to my friends or my family for free that I'm not willing to give to my team. And I need to make this a fair situation. And So they were like, you know, how can I approach the idea of friends and family discounts without compromising the fairness and integrity to my team and the discounts that they're going to get and and the clinic policies that ultimately I'm going to set? And (laughs) it was signed from an ambitious owner who does not want to break the bank or employee relations, which I absolutely, uh, I absolutely love. And so I need us to start with giving this practice owner, this new practice owner, big giant kudos <laughs> yeah, for asking the questions because they are great. Well, it's, uh, it's always good to, uh, to, to try to figure it out, you know, before, before you get into the moment, before you make it a pattern. Right. And uh, a lot of times with practice ownership, we have to, uh, we have to figure out what's, we have, we have to get there before we can start to make policies. I see a lot of people who spend a lot of time making policies for things that will never happen, or they'll make big plans about what will happen if this thing, and then it just never comes together. So, sure. but anyway, in this, in this case, knowing that we have friends and family who are around, um, I think it's good. It's, I think it's good to think this through. So you're not just making it up on the fly. Yeah, um, totally. I have, I have thoughts. The frustrating answer to this question is very, very simple. Um, it, it depends. It just, it wildly <laughs> depends. 
Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. That's our episode. Yeah. Um, no, it it why it wildly depends. It depends on how your um how does your staff feel about their compensation package, right? Are they struggling to pay for services? Because if they're struggling to pay for services and you're no charging your friends, um, if they struggle to pay for services for their own pet, uh, right. or if they're living hand to mouth and they feel like, oh man. This is hard to make ends meet. And then you're giving stuff away to your buddies. Um, they're not going to feel good about that. Or do they feel okay, you know? Or do they feel like, okay, um, you know, I understand their family. You know, I, I would want to treat my family like that. And, and he right. gives the the family, the, the staff discount. I'm okay with that. It, 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 a lot of it depends. It depends on how many people we're talking here. You know, like like friends and family, like, is that, what is that, like one person a day? Is that one person a week? Is that one person a month? What is that? I've seen practices, and we've gotten letters. You and I have gotten letters from practices where there's an extended family, and they're just rolling in all day long, going in and out and getting what they want. Um, and so, you know, how, how many people are we talking about here? Is this is this a revolving door of people getting discounts and breaks? Or is it, you know, your two best friends and your brother? Um, okay, th- those are just different things. How do your friends and family act when they come in? Right. How do they treat the staff? Because we've gotten letters about that where the family rolls in like they own the place. Basically, they don't have appointments. They walk in whenever they want. They don't listen to the text. They dismiss them. They, you know, they walk right back into the treatment room with their pet. And just the staff feels wholly disrespected right. uh, by by these people who are coming in. And just, man, that's toxic. That's that's really toxic. And I I, I totally, I empathize with those letters when we got them. It's like, oh, man, that's that's not, that's not yeah. okay. And so all of those things, uh, all of those things really, really matter as far as like, what are we talking about here? And again, if you, you know, I don't think anybody would, would think too much if you know, have a couple of people who come in every now and then and, and they're your you know, family or close friends and, and you, you take care of those people. It's probably not a big deal, but I've 100% seen it become a big deal. It really depends on, on how you're doing it. And like I said, it depends a lot on how the staff feels, how they get treated, um, you know, things like that. All that stuff matters. And the last part is um, fair is where pigs win ribbons. Uh, you know, there is no, there is no. Def- <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. I'd never heard that. And that is like the most Southern thing that I have heard you say in so long. <laughs> you ever heard that? Oh, fair is where pigs win ribbons. <laughs> it is. So here's the thing, right? If I took a big group of people. And I said to them, is the Electoral College a fair way to do elections? They would not agree. Right. And there, and, and you would never convince all of them, yes or no, but they would never agree. It's, it's just, I was just trying to pick a thing that in our country, some people are like, nope, not fair. And some people are like, it is the most fair way. And there's not a right answer. I don't know. Is it fair? Is it not? It depends on who you are. It depends on what you're trying to do. It's, you know, it, it it's it's the point of debate, but that's that's the whole point. And so some people would say, sure, it's fair that this person's, you know, family doesn't have to pay for services or gets a big discount. And other people would say, it's not fair when we don't get the salaries that we need because this person's giving things away. And and again, people just depending on their worldview, you could have the same team and they could be split down the middle about what's fair and what's not. You just, there's not a, this is fair. Everyone's going to see it. They're all going to agree that it's fair. And, and that will be the decided upon state of being is yes, yes fairness. Yeah, because fairness is subjective, right? And so I think there's sure. there's two pieces. You're spot on. The fairness is subjective and what one person views as fair may not be viewed the same way um as another another person in in the situation or outside of the situation. So we're totally looking at fairness through the lenses of our own lives and our own experience. So that's number number 1. Um and so if fairness is super super subjective, then there's two other pieces from a headspace perspective that are really important uh, for me. Number one is clear as kind. And so uh, fairness is going to be subjective. And so the only way out of this that is positive all around as a practice owner for the team, for friends and family, is to make sure that you are very clear because that is going to be the most kind to everybody. So everybody knows what's happening. Everything gets communicated very clearly. Clarity is your friend here. And the third piece of it 
that I think is really, really important is that recognizing that what what you do today and how you are clear and the equity that you put into place today may it is going to change, may change yep. as you go because you are about to open your practice and what works today about to open your practice may be something completely different that works for you six months from now, six years from now. Um, you know, it's it, your practice is going to grow and change and evolve. And so the other piece of Headspace is don't think about this like I'm going to set a policy for my hospital that is going to be the policy on discounting till the end of time. Mm-hmm. that's the wrong way to look at it, in my opinion. Think about it as what am I going to do right now and for the foreseeable future? And when am I going to reevaluate? Because that will help you with that clarity um, for yourself and for your team. I, I like that. I would also say it's much easier to loosen up later on than it is to tighten it back down. Yes. And so uh, I think yes. that, you know, if I would start with a conservative policy, yes. especially as you open, you're like, we just opened up. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll say something that that may come off as, I don't know, I, it may be contrary or whatever, but I'm not particularly excited about having my friends as clients. And that's that. Uh, there's a lot of people who just go would disagree with me and you hear that and go, oh, my God. But the truth is, like, I, you know, I like to be a vet and then I like my friends to be my friends. If somebody would not come to me as a veterinarian, if they didn't get a discount, then I don't really want them to come to me as a veterinarian anyway. And I don't really personally, I'll just say, I've been doing this for a a good amount of time now. I don't really like the veterinarian relationship woven into my friendship relationship. I like to know, I don't like when I'm suddenly the service provider to my friend who's unhappy with something, you know what I mean? Like, I just, that's, there's an awkwardness there that I don't really like. And, and I guess it's one thing, you know, if you need the money or you're trying to get something up and going and things like that, and your friends can be your best clients. They can be, they can also be your worst clients and they can also, you know, make, make friend gatherings awkward when you're like, yeah, and I heard you were, you know, uh, <laughs> the, that medial patellar luxation surgery didn't go the way I wanted. And, you know, and I know that uh, every time you see me, you think about it. That's uh, that's just there's just a little bit of awkwardness there, too. I'm not saying that other people you shouldn't do vet work for your friends. I'm not saying that. But right. I am saying, like, I don't race out and say to people, you should come and see me. In fact, I, I generally don't. I generally don't. I just like to I like to keep my friends and my business separate as much as I can. Um but that's just kind of always how how I've sort of done it. I'm happy with my neighbors to come and see me. That's fine, you know. But that's the level of relationship that we have. And so, anyway, I'm not trying to set a trying to set a rule here or anything at all. No, and, no, no. and maybe no one I, else feels that way. But uh, I no, do. I think that it's good that you bring it up because I think that um, I think that it is. Regardless, there's going to need to be some boundaries, right? Yeah. And um, and I think the I'm glad that you brought it up because most of the time. You and I see the opposite end of the spectrum, um, what you were talking about, where there isn't as many boundaries and where the rules are not the same for friends or family as they are for the team and other clients. And that's where it gets people into trouble. And so I, uh, I thinking about it, like on the spot here, as we're talking about this, every single practice that I have ever worked in there has been a friend or family member, there is someone who gets the discounts and gets, but but who is not our our client. They don't follow the rules. They don't do any of the things that we make everybody else do. They are the exemption. And in every single situation, boy, did it piss people off. The yeah. team. The staff gets the, really upset. Yeah. And because they could, whether it was, you know, they could just come in and take meds off the shelf, like you were saying, or they, um, you know, didn't follow, they did, they did never follow any of the rules. They, you know, if we, we, I remember vividly like getting into it with the team because we had a, we had a rule in our clinic about we wouldn't see patients and do um, procedures on patients that, didn't have a current rabies vaccination unless there was a valid medical reason. And yet we had that one best friend of the practice owner who was just like, I don't want my old dog, old dog to get vaccines. And it was like, oh, they don't need to get it. And the team was like, well, we would make any other client 
you know, get a rabies vaccine if they were going to have a dental, but we're not going to make them. And so I, I do think that it is important to recognize that as a whole, it tends to go in the negative direction a lot more than it does in the positive direction. And so I, I think... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to push back on you here. I, I don't okay. know. I don't know if it really does because here's the thing. Everybody remembers that client you were just talking about. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But, but there may have been seven other clients oh, yeah, yeah. that were For friends. Sure. And, and like, they just come in. They're respectful. They're nice. Right. No one really pays that much attention. You know what I mean? They just get their little discount. They, they thank the front desk and they walk out. No one thinks twice about it. But yeah, it's that one and everybody remembers it. But that's that was sort of my point about like, it really depends is because you could have a bunch of friends and family and they're respectful and they're blah, blah, blah. And, and the staff, the staff is fine with this. Um, or you could have one and that person walks in the back and takes meds off the shelf and things like that. And they're like, right. this is a nightmare. It, it really it, it's that big of variation. Um, and so it's really hard to set. It's really hard to set any sort of rule. Like I would never be like, you can have five people like I, it's just, it depends on the five people and how they behave and how right. the staff feels and all those things. But anyway, to your point, it's about like, does it always go that bad? I don't know. Or do we just remember the sure. ones that went bad and do they really stand out like i i don't know i don't know that's that's fair that's fair because for you know you're you're right in that for each one of those bads i can think about goods in those same practice who were that you know the the regular clients who followed the rules and they got their five percent off and it was totally fine and you know so i i think i think that's a super fair point and i think where i was trying to go with it was um was that that will there is the potential for that to be what the team remembers yeah. is that one client because that does stick out really easily in our head right and so i think from the practice owner's perspective when you think about headspace and getting into a headspace to to like tackle what are you going to do and how are you going to do it remembering that clearest kinds <laughs> and yeah. that fairness is going to be subjective and that um your team like you are going to have to have the conversation and you might have the conversation today, you might have it six months from now, but it's going to, is, you know, what you decide today may not be the same. And I would agree with you, especially when it comes to friends and family, because friends and family is where just, I feel like as humans, a lot of us struggle with boundaries more than anything. Yep. Like it's pretty easy to have boundaries with a total stranger for the most part. Um, like this is, this is our policy, you know, take it or leave it. It's a lot harder to have those same <laughs> boundaries with friends and family. And so if you start wide and say, you know, I love you. I thank you so much for making this happen. Like, come in. I'm not going to charge you, you know, for any of this, you know, any of this care that your pet is going to need today. If you start down that path, it is a lot harder to take that away and be like, oh, well, now the clinic's making money. And so now I'm going to have to charge you like that. That is a hard, that is a hard path to walk. So I think your point there is super important to think beyond just today and think about that that long-term perspective and like know that you can always give them an extra something down the road, but it's really hard to take it away once you've gotten something started. Well, I, I just, this is not about friends and family. This is just my thoughts on discounting in general. And, and you know, I talk about this all the time. Um, I believe in intentional discounting, meaning not just willy-nilly giving stuff away, like that is the path to ruin. I see it all the time. Uh, just the person walks in, you're like, I don't charge them for that. Or let's just take that off. Or, you know, I don't know. They already paid for a bunch of stuff. Let's just not charge them for this. That kind of willy nilly, however I feel discounting is, that is bad. It is bad right. for the business. Here's the other thing too. The research shows that it doesn't make you happy. Like when you just willy nilly give things away. If you decide these are the people that I'm going to help, or this is how I'm going to help. These are the mechanisms I'm going to help. This is a program we're going to place. The research says you will be more proud of that. You will know right. that you're doing it. Uh, you will be able to look back and you're like, how did I help people? And you will know I did this thing. I had this program. I gave this time, you know, whatever. Um, but you intentionally decided I was going to help these people. And you know that your money or your time or your services or whatever are going to something that you decided was good to do. And so you can intentionally discount. You can budget that. Everything feels more in control. The staff understands why we're doing what we're doing. All of those things are important. So there's intentional discounting. But I would even step back further than that. And so my first thought here is, let's just do a quick, just a real quick truthful check, a truthfulness check. 
When we say, I want to do this because my love language is gifts, is it? Is, are we doing this because you have decided that these are people you want to give back to? Or are we doing this because you think that people will like you if you give them free stuff? Are you doing this because your value as a person is influenced by your generosity to your friends and family? And again, I'm not trying, I don't, I don't know this person at all, but I have seen a lot of people who were making choices about discounting because because they they wanted to be popular or because they didn't want to make anybody upset or they wanted to be, you know, they wanted to get along. And so my real thought is, uh, again, I don't think that much about family, but but friends and stuff. And so I go, okay, the first part of intentional discounting is, why do I want to support this person? Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. decide. And, and again, I'm not saying right or wrong or anything, but just have uh, it it should not be this person smiles when i see them and so i'm going to not charge them what i charge other people who i don't know like that doesn't make any make any sense that's not fair it's not fair and it doesn't really help anybody you know in a significant way or anything like that and so uh so i i would start with why are we doing this and then i would uh, i would move on into in sort of more specifics of what the program looks like and I think I'm glad that you said that because I don't from from the letter that we got, I don't get that that is the sense of where this person is at. They, you know, had clear examples of like, you know, my my in-laws and my, you know, my parents or the people who really supported me on this journey. And so I can clearly see like they do care and it is an act of service and a and a love language to gift them. I, you know, you've you've supported me and now I want to pay you back and take care of your your pets. So you can totally see that. And to your point, I can also see um, that same person struggling down the road with like, oh, well, this is somebody that I care about now. Do I do I give them the same discount? The same situation is not in play. I didn't just open my practice. Now I've been open for a year and a half. But this person, you know, now I have a new sister-in-law or now I have a new brother-in-law. Am I just going to extend them the same discount because they're my in-laws and my other in-laws got this discount when we first started. And so now I'm going to... So, so I'm glad that you said that because I do think that from that big picture perspective, taking the step back and looking at why are you doing it? Who are you trying to serve? And why are you trying to serve them is is really um, is a good, clear headspace to start. Because I think that there will be questions at some point down the road, whether it comes from yourself, the, whether the questions come from your team, or whether it comes from friends and family who are maybe, you know, hitting you up for a discount. Like I've absolutely had people be, well, but I'm, you know, like, don't your friends get a discount? No, like I have to answer that question, you know, as a team member or as a practice owner. And so you, that may not be the situation today, but at some point in the future that that will be a question that you come up against. And so figuring out why you're doing what you're doing is a really important piece of the headspace. So I'm glad that you, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, and that that's just, that's important to me. It's just, just to, to get my head around, what, what are we, what are we doing here as opposed to just, I'm giving money away because it feels good, you know? Totally. Um, anything else for you from a Headspace perspective? Uh, I think, well, uh, one more thing. I was going to put in the action stuff, but I'll put, I'll put it here as well. And this goes back to like about my 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 friends as clients and stuff like that. I, I just tell you, so this is just personal Headspace for me. I'm going to tell anybody else how to think about it or whatever. But like, I personally like to separate myself from my job. You know, like I go in and I do the vet stuff and I like it. But I want to be Andy when I'm not at the vet clinic and not Dr. Andy, just Andy. And so, um, so I, I, do, I do think a lot about that. Um, the last thing that I would say here is if you see what I'm saying and you're like, you know what, I, I also have some concerns about kind of weaving my practice life into my personal life. And again, this is different for your family because you want to help your family out. And I, I get it. Um, you can you can give and be generous in different ways. Just because you're a veterinarian and you own a practice, that does not mean that's how you have to give to your friends. It right. just doesn't. There's other things that you can give you can give in other ways. And so does it make you a lesser person if you charge someone full price at your vet clinic and then come and help them move a couch up their stairs when they need it? 
I don't know that it does. You right. know what I mean? I, I just, um, is it, you know, if you host the neighborhood Christmas party, do you need to give everyone in the neighborhood a discount at your vet clinic? You right. know what I mean? Like those, right. yep. those are not, mm-hmm. it's not the same. And so when you start thinking about headspace, I would say just don't fall in the trap of I, I'm a veterinarian or I own a vet clinic. And so gifts from me must necessitate professional services. Like you can give so professional much. services away to no one right. and also be a very generous right. person. Yep. I love that so, so much. I'm glad that you said that. I'm cool. Let's take a little break and we'll come back and try to get into some action steps here, how we set this up. Okay. Did you know that we offer workshops for our Uncharted members and for our non-members? So if you're listening to today's podcast and you are not a member of Uncharted yet, you should be, but this is not a conversation about joining Uncharted. This is a conversation about all of the amazing content that we have coming at all of you, whether or not you're a member through our workshop series. You should head over to the website at unchartedvet.com forward slash events and check out what is coming. We have got an amazing lineup on the regular. We've got something every month, sometimes two or three things in a month coming at you um, to expand your brain, to talk about leadership, to talk about practice management and dive into the kind of topics that Andy and I talk about on the podcast every week. So now's your chance. Stop what you're doing. Pick up your cell phone. I know it's not far from you and type in unchartedvet.com forward slash events see what's coming and sign up. They are always free to our Uncharted members and they have a small fee attached to them. If you are not currently a member, you can get all of the details, pricing, dates, times, and register. Head over to the website now. I want to see you there. All right. So I, uh, I, think, I think for action steps, I think we start with intentional action, like figure out what you're going to do. Again, I, here, here's where I'm going to throw a wrench into the work for a lot of people. It's like, I'm still, I'm going to beat this drum. I'm not convinced <laughs> that you have to have a program at your practice where people come in and they just get a discount. Yep. I think you should think about who you're trying to help and how you're trying to help them. I would be personally, uh, again, it depends on how big your family is, what you're trying to do, things like that. I would be much more uh, open to the idea of trying to figure out how to do, um, I don't know, a, a separate program to help out my friends and family. Maybe, maybe I, uh, maybe I take one Saturday every couple of months and say, guys, I'm doing vaccines over at the house. If you guys want to come over on Saturday, you know, I've got, I've got the, the cloud PIM software pulled up, but I'll bring you guys in. I'll do this. I'm not, you know, I won't have any of my technicians there or I'll have one technician there and pay them or whatever, but I'll bring everybody over. I'll do this little program, blah, blah, blah. But it's not people coming into the practice, going through a process, taking up tech time, you know, things like that. I'm just saying, no, this is a little thing that I can do that is separate and um, and I can intentionally do it. And it does not distract from the work of others. It's not putting my friends onto my staff in a way that makes their jobs harder, or their lives harder, things like that. I am going to, um, I think, honestly, I'll tell you this. I think you're being really generous if you have an open door policy where your friends can call you and ask you about their pets. Um, I personally don't like that. And that's why I don't want my friends as my clients. Like right. I just, um, again, I, I'm not trying to be a, a real commercial about it, but I I got kids and I, I go home and I like to be off and I don't really like people calling me, you know, and 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 shaking me down for vet advice or, or sure. things like that. And of course, I'll help you if you call me, but I'd really prefer that that I not get a bunch of calls. And, you know, as your as your friend network expands, you know, you can get a lot of people doing that. And so I, I just um, I personally just like to have some boundaries about when I'm available, and when I'm not. But I mean, I would say the idea that you take someone's phone calls after hours, you invite them to bring their pet by your house so you can have a look. Uh, you you know, you set up, um, you know, you set up a, a little a little gathering to do vaccines or wellness care or things like that for your family or your friends. You do things like that, but then you don't give them a discount whenever they walk into the vet clinic or let them come in with no appointments or things like that. And that makes you not a generous person. I go, I don't, I don't buy that for a second, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, I just, I just, it goes, it goes back to being intentional. I'm not trying to be stingy about it at all, but I really do think that you can be very generous with people and not have a discount at your vet clinic. I, 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 do, I do believe that. Yeah, I think for for me from figuring out what to do, what I will say is I think after my feelings around 
discounting and and what do we do for our for our teams um, and for friends and family have changed up, down, backwards, sideways over the mm-hmm. years because I've done it a bunch of different ways and I've experienced it different ways in different practices for and the why being different in different places. And so I think for me on a, on a then this is purely personal, figuring it out meant deciding why I was doing it and what I was trying to get out of it. And the most clear headspace that I have ever been able to get into as a, as a leader and as a, as a practice owner would be to say, I want the experience for my team. And this for me holds true for friends and family to be the same experience that I would provide for any other client. Because the why Mm -hmm. for me is that I want our practice to be a place that any member of my team any member of my friend group or family wouldn't hesitate to recommend to anybody that they meet to bring their pet into my practice. And so for me, if that's my why, then it makes it a lot more clear on how I am going to deliver that. Because if I want my team to experience the same level of service, that client's experience, that does not mean that their pets get stuck in a cage until the end of the day and dealt with after everybody else goes home. It does not mean that they get the short end of the stick. It doesn't mean a lot of things that we can see happen in practice when it comes to taking care of staff pets. And the same goes for clients. I totally, I like your idea, um, Andy, and, and the outside the box thinking of like, well, maybe you do do a special a special thing for them and you figure out what that looks like. And I could totally see that. And at the same time, if my why, for, for me, my why was about, I want them to experience, I want them to come in. I want them to hear the same spiels from my team. I want them to build the relationships with the team. I want them to have that same kind of white glove experience that I personally cultivated in my practice. And this is totally me speaking from, you know, my, my personal experience here. So not going to be the right fit for everybody. And so for me, it, I would have a hard time with that because I wouldn't want to, you know, like I, it's funny talking about this, Patty's going to kill me. So when I started working in vet med, we, uh, it's, it was a million years ago and we didn't really, ha- we, were, we were just kind of transitioning. I, I grew up with pets that lived in the backyard, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't come in the house. And um, when I started working in vet med, we had just transitioned. And I remember vividly to having our first dog that kind of lived in the house. And God, we loved, we loved Murph. She was the best dog. Um, but like my parents were not my ideal client. Now my parents were far from that ideal client. Like we, it was the bare, bare minimum. They didn't get dentals. Like we didn't do a lot of the things. And that was because the medicine has changed, but also because of how we related to our pets has changed significantly. And um, like when I think about when I think about the care that I provided in the beginning for my own pets, it was not the same care that I was recommending in the practice. It was like, well, I know what the bare minimum is. And so I'm just going to do the bare minimum for your pets because that's how you have always treated them. And I think I deprived myself and my family the opportunity to learn and grow and believe in the things that I truly did believe in in the practice. And so I think for a lot of us, there is the potential to have that discrepancy there. And so I think for me, that's a big part of the figuring out what that why is and what you're going to do, because I think it will help you figure out how do you then action plan it. And so for me, I wanted my my parents ultimately to experience it. And so I started forcing my mom. I'm like, nope, you have to call the clinic and you can talk to me as the CSR up front, but you have to call the clinic and make an appointment. Like, I'm not going (laughs) to... make an appointment for you. Um, I want you to fill out the survey when you leave. Like you're going to, I'm not going to attack your appointment. Somebody else is going to go in there because I want to get the feedback. Like I want to know how are we doing? How did we stand up to what, like I want you to experience that like any other client that became a motivator for me as a leader with my own family, but also with my team. And so figuring that out really, really helped me to have clarity and that that ability to see clearly um, with figuring out what is my protocol? What is my policy? How am I going to approach this? And really not have it just be willy-nilly or I don't know, this is what I decided at two o'clock in the morning and I wrote it down. So that's what we're going to do, right? Which is when we're starting up a practice, that's where a lot of us start from. And so I think for me, it isn't like what is right for me is not necessarily what's going to be right for you, Andy, as Dr. Andy, or what's going to be right for our friend who owns a practice down the street. But 
whatever is the driver, figuring out the why behind that will help you figure out then the what are you going to do with it. Yeah, I know. I, I agree with that. You know, it's funny, you know, you know, I've talked about, uh, we've talked about kind of blowing off staff pets before when when they bring them in. Look, talk is, talk is cheap, yeah. you know, and so pe- and people watch what you do. And so if you have your friend come in and you're just like, hey, come on in, let me just do these vaccines for you real quick. All right, you're all set. All right, take care, take care buddy. Um, that sends one or two messages, right? It either sends a message that you don't really care about your friend's dog. Yes. Because you just popped them with vaccines and sent them out. Or that all the hand waving you do about how important your exam is is bullshit because when it's your friend, you just pop them with vaccines and send them out the door. But and when it's the like team, that because yep. mm-hmm. that's what they need. You know what I mean? Yep. And so you can choose either of those two beliefs. You either don't care about your friend's dog or you don't care about all the other dogs because you're really just doing what you need for the friend's dog and everybody else is getting a bunch of hand waving. You know what I mean? And so yes. there's there, it just uh, the staff is always watching. They're always watching. And again, I want to keep this in proportion where it's not like if you bring your friend Dave's dog in one time and do this, everything you've worked with in your staff goes out the window. Of course it doesn't. It's all a matter of proportionality and, and, and those sorts of things. So again, I, I don't want to over overgeneralize and say, you know, if you do if you do this one time or you behave this way once, you know, your your whole credibility is destroyed. But it does take a take a toll. And so it's just it's just a lot of that. So anyway, I, I think I think sort of summarize the the takeaways for me with the friends and family discount is be intentional on uh, why you're doing this. And that will help you sort of figure out who you're doing it for. Consider uh, doing things, you know, uh, that are not just uh, inside your vet clinic. Whether right. it's things that yes. don't have anything I to do with vet that. medicine or whether you set it, set it up and say, you know what, I, I do this with my neighbors. If, if they they'll they'll text me or they'll 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 see me and they'll say, you know, I'm really worried about my dog. And I'll say, bring her over to the house let me, and let's let's have her look. And I do that and I don't charge them for that, you know, but I do. I just come and I look and I honestly try to help them. And then and sometimes I'll say, you need to go into the vet clinic. And when they get to the vet clinic, they get an exam mm-hmm. and they get those things. But a lot of times just telling them, hey, you know, let's let's give it till tomorrow. Let's see how it goes. You know, here, I want you just to keep this clean. Let's see what we got. Bring her back in the morning. and I'll take a look. I mean, that's a very generous thing on my part that I don't charge for. But it's also I don't consider it discounting, you know. And when they go to the vet clinic, they they go in and they get they checked in. It. And ideally, they see another vet besides me. I always just prefer that. But. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of what you want it to be. If you're going to decide, you know, uh, that we're going to do friends and family discounting, at least for friends, I would say be intentional about what that means and who gets that. And then I would make real sure that your friends discount is not better than your staff discount. Um, that's, that would just be, I mean, that may sound common sense, but I've, I have seen, I've seen friends get bigger discount than the staff who works there for you. Um, and that doesn't generally go over very well. Not at all. Not at all. And that was what I was going to say is that so, you know, the fairness is subjective, but the equity is very, very important. And your team is there day in, day out. And yes, you're it's not discounting like the the emotional value of your friends and family supporting you on your journey. Like that is very important. And I think that's why I'm so glad that you brought up like you can have gifts and give acts of service outside of the vet clinic. Like the clinic is not the only currency that you have when it comes to your love language. And so I'm so glad that you said that because your team, that piece matters to them because that is the currency for you with them. Like how you treat them, how you take care of them. And to your point at the beginning of the episode, all of those other things, how they get paid, their benefits, all of those things mash up together and um, create that like equality and that fairness piece. And so I have absolutely seen it bite people in the butt where, you know, you tell the team, I, I can only give you what the IRS allows, but then you give your parents stuff for free and they have to put those charges in and zero it out that there's no faster path to having a pissed off team than that inequity. Right. And so right. I'm so, I'm so glad that you, that you bring that up. Um, and I think that that is a smart path to walk, which is whatever you're going to do for your team, make sure that your, your friends and family discount, particularly if you're extending it in a broad sense, does not go beyond what you're, what you're giving your team. Like yeah. that's just a common sense rule of thumb. Well, and, and I'll, I'll tie on to that. Cause I think that's a really, a really great point about, you know, giving what IRS, uh, 
allows and then and then having your team put stuff in and zero it out. Um, just just be mindful about perception and stuff and don't rub their face in it. Right. And so, you know, if you're going to have your parents come in and everything, you know, have your team have your team put the charges in and then just tell your parents, hey, I'll send you. I'll send you a bill if there's anything left. And then, you know, and then have have the manager zeroed out or you zeroed out or something later on. But just having the staff do it and then see it. And, you know, like it just it, and again, it depends on the individual. Ninety percent of the staff, are, they don't care. They totally get it. They wish they could do it for their family. Um, but a certain percentage of the staff is going to care. And yes. they and the less that they kind of see it, uh, the better. When you have friends and family come in for things like this. And this is a big one for me. They have to go through the system. Like I, where I think what it really hacks the staff off is not so much the money. It's people who come in without an appointment. They walk, they walk right into the back, which is the realm of the staff, you know, and act like they own the place and this is their place, not the staff's place, you know. And and again, I I'm, I don't know if any of your friends would do that, if any of your family members would do that, but um, I want to take care of my staff as they take care of my friends, which means you should have an appointment. You should come in. You should yeah. get seen. You know, you should, you should, the the technician should take the history. We should do the whole song and dance. And then I'll send you a bill if there's anything left to pay. And what that means is, uh, you know, we'll, I'll have the manager zero it out or I'll look at it and see what we can do, but I'm not going to put this, I'm not going to make the staff do it. You know, things like that. That's, that's a, that's a def- distinct possibility. And um, I have to really quick hop on my soapbox for just a hot second because this is a new practice owner. And um, I have to I have to hop on the IRS, what the IRS allows soapbox for a hot second, because this is I it comes up over and over and over and over again. And I have seen so many practice owners use this as almost as a weapon in terms of arguing their policy for staff discounts. And it nothing puts my back up faster. So the IRS, there are rules. And but the the phrase what the IRS allows is totally misnomer because the IRS will allow you you can discount 100%. If you want to give your team 100% discount on everything, you can do that. What the IRS says is that they have to pay tax on it. It has to be claimed as income. And so there is paperwork that has to be done. But you can absolutely have a staff discount policy that says, your team gets everything at cost or gets it at 100% discount for services or whatever your whatever your policy is. The where people get confused is because the IRS what the IRS says is we've set a threshold. So, you can do a percentage off on services and do cost plus 10%. So, it's 20% off on services and cost plus 10 on goods, that's their threshold. And so realistically, that's where they say, look, we'll allow you to discount to this amount without us getting our nose out of joint. And anything beyond that, you have to do the paperwork on it because we want to claim our tax on it and the government needs to get their piece. And so, so many people are like, well, I can't give a bigger discount. I can't do this because the IRS says this is all I'm allowed to do. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. And so as a new practice owner, like knowing that and figuring out, again, to your point earlier, like what the, the why, what, why are you doing the thing? How are you giving back to them? For me, I wanted my team to experience the care that our clients got to experience. And so you bet your butt if our standard of care was that every patient who had dental disease was recommended to get a dental cleaning once a year. I wanted my team to be able to access that care. And so my employee discount program was set up to support that. And a dental at our practice was not an inexpensive thing. And so I had team members who we lived in a very expensive part of the country in California and in the, in the Bay Area. And they there's a lot of them who, even though we paid them well, were still living paycheck to paycheck and doing our dental at our at our client prices, put that care out of reach for their patients or for their pets. And so for me, it was about getting them to access that care. So we gave a bigger discount and then we did the paperwork and they knew that and we were clear about it. It was very clearly spelled out. I answered all of their questions. I kept answering questions. It wasn't just a conversation at hire. And so I bring all this up and get on my soapbox for a second because I think that so I've seen so many practice owners use this as like a well, my hands are tied and so this is what I can do. And they, we use that, that gets used as a weapon with our team, but we look the other way when it comes to our friends and family. 
And yeah. that's bullshit for me. And so that's <laughs> just, I had, I can't resist. I had to jump on that soapbox for a second because that's where the equity comes into place. If you're going to do, if you're going to use that as a weapon with your team and say, well, the IRS says I can only give you 20% off, then you sure as hell better be prepared to answer their questions about why your friends and family get it at a hundred percent discount. Yeah, sure. And, and and I'll get, I'll get on my soapbox here at the end. This will be my last, my last point on this is <laughs> when I talk about the discounting and things like that, I believe that we should price our services fairly and intentionally. Mm-hmm. I think when you decide what you charge for your services, you should be, you should act with integrity. Sure. You know, like you should, you should be honest about what your clinic needs to make. You should not feel guilty about earning a decent living for yourself. You should not feel guilty about demanding to, to be able to pay your team yeah. a good salary. You should not feel bad about having a profitable business that has some value to it. And you should also be able to look people in the eye and sort of say, this is what we need to charge for for what we do. Now, granted, that doesn't mean we can't do some discounts uh, for the staff or things like that. But I just found that when I looked at it holistically and said, this is what we need to charge in order to do what we need to do, I have a lot less trouble saying to people, this is, you know, this is what it costs. And it just made it made me feel better about deciding intentionally what I want to do to give back and then just sort of saying, I don't really play with the prices. I think I have this sort of negative, just aversion to changing prices um, because I think it's a bad habit. And I think that it's a slippery slope and you get you get way too comfortable not charging for things and just taking, you know, and just taking the price down on things. And I think that that if you're an independent practice, I think that's a bad habit to get into. They don't have that practice in the corporate of that problem in a corporate practice. Like you're not doing friends and family discount when you work, you know, for a, sure, for a multi-site sure. practice, you know, I just think it's something that independents need to need to look out for because it's a slippery slope. And so anyway, if you've gotten the impression that I'm not a huge fan of it uh, today, you're you're right. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, this was fun. Yeah. That's good. I'm going to go spend some time with Skipper. Uh, make sure he's doing okay. Bolster his confidence. Bolster his confidence. Uh, make sure he still, he still knows he's a good boy. Give him some affirmations. Uh, I can't. I know. His his love language is gifts, too. So he's going to get a, he's gonna a get treat. A, a treat. Yeah. I love it. Take care, everybody. See you later, everybody. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.